Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu. This is Abdul Nasser Jengda, and you're listening to the Qalam Podcast. The Qalam Podcast has become an important part of people's lives all around the world. There are millions of people benefiting from the podcast every single day. Thousands of hours of content, dozens of different series from all the different teachers and scholars here at Qalam. All of this is delivered to the community free of charge. We are excited and actively working to grow and increase our efforts to deliver more and more benefit to the community. We ask you to support our efforts and become part of the Qalam family. Please go to qalamfamily.com and sign up to contribute to this Sadaqa Jariya on a monthly basis. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from all of us Jazakumullahu khairan wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu Um, so, thank you everyone for joining us for our second session of Know Thy Enemy, which is our halakha series on understanding shaitan and understanding the different tricks or deception that shaitan uses. The Quran tells us uh, in the shaitan alakum adu that indeed Satan is your enemy. Fattakhiduhu aduwa. So treat him like that. Treat him like an enemy. Um, and Imam Razi, he says something pretty heavy about this topic. He says that. Um, whoever understands and realizes that they have an enemy that you can't flee from right you cannot get away from this person um, and the person what you'll do at that moment is you'll stop running and you'll face that problem you'll face that enemy and he said that shaitan is an enemy that we can't run from because the hadith tells us that a shaitan dumb that shaitan is literally running through our veins. So there's no running away. So Imam Razi, he says that the only way, he says, the only way is patience and determination. He says, he says, your determination, your being firm, your setting yourself on this path is what will defeat shaitan in the long run. Like, don't be wishy-washy. Make your mind up that I'm going to fight this battle. I'm going to go to war with Shaitan. Because, because as a believer, I'm the one he hates the most. Because I'm doing exactly what he did not want to do. And what he refused to do. Um, so we have to understand this point right here that we're at war. And this is a spiritual war that's going on in our lives. The Prophet has taught us about. And the purpose of this class, this session, is to make us woke. Make us aware of the different things that Shaitan does, because I don't know about y'all, but somebody came up to me, because last week we did the seven different things, right? So one of the students, uh, he came up and he's like, yo, my whole week has been different, because I feel like I'm already ahead of Shaitan, like I already know what he's going to do. Um, and so that's the purpose, right? That's the objective of this, this session, is to talk about all of these, these methods, so that you're woke and you're aware. And Imam Ghazali, he's like, it's a thief, it's a thief, right? You know, when we used to go out of town, what did your mother always tell you to do when you go out of town? Lock your doors. Nah, you always lock the door. Every time. <laughs> lock the door. That's not out of town. Leave the light on. Right? I used to be like, Mom, why would we leave the lights on? Oh, so they think somebody's home. So Imam Ghazali, he goes, like, Shaitan is like that thief. When you're sleeping, when you're, when you're in Dakhla, when you're not aware, he's like, oh, nobody's home. I'm running through there. I'm getting what I gotta get. But the moment you're aware, the moment you're aware, then he's like, oh, I think somebody's home. Time to go to the next place. Let me move on. Let me wait till he's sleeping or she's sleeping again. 
right? And so today we're going to get even deeper now. Um, I was talking to one of my uh, good friends who's in the audience, and he's like, yo, man, Shay, back in the day we used to get real technical and deep. So I was like, you ready for that? You want to do that? He's like, yes, we got to get deep again. I was like, all right, let's do it, inshallah, ta'ala. So this week we're going to go deeper into this concept. Um, the first thing, Imam Ghazali, he says this. That traditionally there were two ways people felt you dealt with shaitan. There were two ways you dealt with shaitan. The first one is a tadbir fi dafi shaitan isti'adha billah. The only way you dealt with shaitan is isti'adha billah, seek refuge with Allah. And Imam Ghazali, he goes, he says like, yo, can you imagine someone, like someone has a dog, right? And the dog is bothering you, but the owner's right there. He's like, why are you going to sit there and start barking at the dog? You're going to be like, yo, can you get your dog, sir? Sir, can you grab that? So he said the same way for us. He's like, one of the ways you deal with shaitan, and the Quran says it, When shaitan starts to spoil your thinking, corrupt your thoughts, corrupt your actions, go straight to Allah. Go straight to Allah. So that's the first approach. Don't busy yourself with trying to fight shaitan. Rather do what? Just turn towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Imam Ghazali says, but there's a second method, which is what we're focusing on in this class, which is mujahadahu, to fight him, to fight him. And, and I'll be real, like the amount of like, the, what we're going through now with, with social media, with advertising, with all of these things being pushed in our face 24-7, we really have to understand these tricks and not just passively know, but actually actively fight and prepare ourselves for what we're going through. So the second method, the second method is what? The second method is tariqul mujahida, to fight, to fight. And that's why we're all here. We're here to study the methods that Shaitan does. But then Imam Ghazali goes, but I'm going to give you a third method. Third method. Y'all ready for this one? He says, do both. Do both. Don't just try to fight Shaitan on your own. Uh-uh. That's not enough. The believer, what do we do? We seek refuge with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first. And then after that, we go to war. We go to war. I'm sorry if I make it a bit dramatic. But low-key, I mean, when we realize what's at stake here... Then you realize, like, I'm not, it's not hyperbole. It's not hyperbole at all when we realize what's at stake here. Um, so, yeah, let's go into it. So, now, so we talked about two methods. One is seeking refuge with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like, yo, can you get your dog, please? The other is like, I'm going to fight back and I need to know what to do. And then Imam Ghazali goes, but it's not a zero sum game. We're going to do both of those. We're going to literally ask Allah for help and we're going to literally. Like fight this battle. So, how do we how do we fight? How do we fight? Three steps. Three steps. Number one, learn and study the the, the, the game book, the playbook. Learn and study. And that's what we're all here for. Why is everybody here? So we can learn it, right? Learn and study the tactics and tricks of Shaitan. Study them, learn them, understand them. Why? Because it's just like being someone being at home versus someone not being, being at home. And the moment you're heedless, that's when shaitan comes through. That's number one. Number two. Number two is, he says, oh, by the way, let's go back to number one real quick. Today we're going to get into this. But an example is last week. Last week we gave a specific playbook towards how shaitan stops you from good deeds. Step by step, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's exactly what we're talking about. We're talking about learning every move so we're ahead of the game, like chess. I already know where you're going, right? Y'all saw the flyer, right? Here you go. <laughs> Shout out to Sister Amna for putting it together, yo. So that's the thing. First thing is study learning the tactics of Shaitan. Number two, okay, I'm going to spend quite a bit of time talking about this, but I'm going to gloss over it right now. Whenever the whispers of shaitan comes, I know this sounds crazy, but belittle it and deem it, deem it as something not big. I'll go into it in depth, but I want you to get it first. Belittle it. Don't make it a big deal. Belittle it. Deem it as something not a big deal. 
Don't let your heart get stuck on it, so to speak. Deem it as something insignificant. So here's the deal. The Prophet I said, I'm going to go deeper here. The Prophet I said in one hadith, he said this. He says, shaytan ahadakum. Shaytan will come to one of you. فَيَقُولُ مَنْ خَلَقَ كَذَا وَكَذَا Who created the sun? Who created the stars? Who created the, the, the earth? Who created these things? حَتَّى يَقُولُ لَهُ He'll say Allah. You'll say Allah. And then shaytan will go further. He'll say مَنْ خَلَقَ رَبَّكَ Who created your Lord? فَإِذَا بَلَغَ ذَلِكَ Listen to what the, the Prophet said. He said, when shaytan takes you to that level, First thing, فَاسْتَئِذْ بِاللَّهِ Say, أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ So we got the first tactic right there. أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ Then he says, وَلِيَنْتَهِ And drop it. Drop it. Let go of it. Some of the scholars, they say, إِنْتَهِ means don't turn towards it. Don't look at it. Here's what I need you to understand. Shaytan is like your little brother or sister in a kind of funny way. You know like when they're bothering you, Come on, this is funny. You know it is. You know when they're bothering you, the worst thing, the worst thing you could do to them is completely ignore them. Yo, don't be doing this, yo, by the way. It's so bad. Stuff for Allah. Like the worst thing you could do is just be like, oh yeah, it doesn't bother me. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. It's eating you up inside though, but you're just like, yeah. It's all good. It's all good. Imam Ghazali, he goes, it's extremely important for you not to dwell on shaitan's waswas. Whatever he's saying to you, it's extremely important because here's the deal. Whatever you give attention to grows. Whatever you give attention to grows. Extremely important tactic to learn. So, so in this example, the Prophet ﷺ, he's teaching us. Literally, the Prophet ﷺ is saying, Shaitan is coming to you. He's like, who created this? Who created? Then who created God? So now what do you say to him? You go, Audhu Billah. Anyway, so what are we doing for lunch today? And just keep it moving. Keep it moving. Never focusing on it. So Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi. Haytham, you want to go deep? I got you, Habibi. Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi, listen to what he says. Ghazali said that shaitan's primary method is waswas. In reality, waswas are thoughts that come to our mind. Waswas means whispers or suggestions. Right? And we're going to talk in detail about this today. Now, Imam Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi, he says... The worst thing you can do to a thought that comes is focus on it. Listen closely. He says, A thought coming, a whisper from shaitan, a suggestion from shaitan, it doesn't harm you. What bothers you, what will disturb your peace, what will mess with you, is you talking to that thought, talking to the thought, entertaining the thought. But if you kept it moving, he goes, Al-Khatir Kalmar ala tariq. He's like, he's like uh, a thought is like somebody you see on the street. When you're walking down a, a metropolitan area, unlike Dallas, right? When you're walking through an area and it's just mad random people, when somebody makes eye contact with you, do you sit there and be like, hi, hi, how are you? <laughs> nah, you just keep on, you don't even eye contact nobody. Even when somebody calls you. You know, Makaira, you know how somebody calls you, they're like, yo, man, you want a mixtape? <laughs> what do you do? Do you sit there and say, hi, sir, what's your name? You keep it moving. You keep it, you act like you didn't even hear anything. Some of y'all from uh, metropolitan areas, y'all know just what I'm talking about. You do not entertain people because the moment you give, the moment you interact, then it's like, oh, I got one. I got one. So what is, what is Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi saying? He's like those suggestions that shaitan puts in your mind. Those are just like strangers you meet when you're walking down, well, strangers that you pass by as you're walking down the street. The worst thing you can do is to sit there and say, excuse me, were you talking to me? Oh, no, I don't want to buy that. I'm okay. I have enough socks. You know what I mean? That's the worst thing you could do. What you should do is just keep on moving. That's what Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi, he says. He says, See, here's the point. Shaytan, when he realizes that us believers, we're never going to do shirk. So all he can focus on is taking away two things from you. 
Peace of mind and time. Peace of mind and time. Hear me out. The main thing Shaitan is trying to get from me and you is take away your peace of mind. Because if I throw off your peace of mind, your whole game is off. You might not pray today. You're not going to do extra Quran. You're not going to do extra dhikr. Your peace of mind is thrown off. Shaitan's like successful. For this believer, that's success. I'm good. The second thing is time. And some of us, we're on our drive home, coming down to, you know, Dallas North, whatever tollway, and we're just in these thoughts. In these thoughts. Shaitan's like, yep, entertain those thoughts because you're not doing dhikr right now. You're just in these thoughts. So, um, don't engage. Don't engage. There's a narration in um, Imam Muwatta's book. Imam Muwatta narrates that Qasim bin Muhammad, he's someone that comes after the Sahaba. A man came to him one time. Listen closely. He says, a man came to him and he said, Inni uhimmu fi salati. He goes, I get a lot of thoughts in my prayer. Some of y'all know what this is like. I get a lot of thoughts in my prayer. And it's getting heavy. Now, I don't want to digress. But I, right now, I want to let y'all know one of the tricks of shaitan here in a digression. One of the tricks of shaitan is to make you go to excessiveness in good things. Why? What will any personal trainer tell you about working out too much? Burnout. Burnout or get injured. Burnout or get injured. Please write this down. I'm telling you this is gold. So the moment you come back from halakha, you all hyped up. You want to be righteous. You're like, we're changing our lives. We're going to be reading Quran. We're going to be doing zikr. We're going to be doing this. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm wearing an all-out of buy a joint too. You know what I mean? Dude's like, I'm growing my beard heavy, heavy thick, yo. He, Shaitan's like, yes, 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 yes. Two weeks later, you're like, where's my man? He's like, yo, he ain't been at the masjid for a minute. No, I'm serious. This is big. Shaitan will tell you to go hard. And so this is, please be woke to this, this tactic. When you feel the zeal to become better, Pace yourself. When you feel the zeal to become better, pace yourself. Converts go through this so much. I already know. The day after converting, I'm walking around wearing like crazy stuff like, like this actually. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> no, I'm serious. You have to understand, not even converts, those of us who go through a jahili phase and we actually become Muslim. I'm talking about born Muslim, but you become Muslim. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Then all of a sudden you just start going like hard. Like I got to do everything. And shaitan is just pushing you. Way to go. Way to go. I'm here to let you know that's a trick right there. Reel it in. Reel it in. And how do you do that? You're going to need a friend who cares for you, who has a little knowledge that can be like, yo, here's my plan. This is what I plan on doing. What do you think about this? And Shaitan's like, man, I wish, I wish he wasn't at, that, wasn't at that halakha that day. Okay? Back to this point. Back to this main point. So this person came up to Qasim bin Muhammad. And he said that, why did I bring this up? Because when someone's getting doubts about their prayer, one of the primary lines that you hear Shaitan saying is, you got to be the best you can be. You got to pray a perfect prayer. You don't want to mess up your prayer. The prayer is the biggest thing that will be questioned on the day of judgment. No, I'm serious. Do you see? This is deep. This is deep tactics. He's like, yeah, you got to make sure your prayer is proper. You don't know how many rakat you just prayed. So pray it again. Pray it again. Pray it again. Wait. Uh, 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 no, no, no. I'm okay. Really? You're going to really take the doubt when it comes to something so important as prayer? See the tactic? So listen to what Muhammad bin Qasim, Qasim bin Muhammad, he said. He said, a man came up to me with this same problem. And what did I say to him? He said, Pray your prayer. Shaitan won't get away from you until you say to him, You're right. I ain't even finished praying. You're right. Did you get it? Did you get it though? He said, you have to actually say to shaitan, 
salati. Yeah, you're right, my prayer. I didn't, I didn't finish it. You're right. You know, come on, y'all. Y'all know you in an argument with somebody and you really just want to make them angry and you're just like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and they're like, mm. no, I want to argue with you. I, wanna, I want you to argue with me. So the, the, the cure is Sharia says I'm not accountable for what I don't know. I did my best. I'm walking away from this prayer. And, and listen, Mullah Ali Qadi, he says, you say to him, these aren't my words. He says, you say to him, Nam, anta sahih. You say to him, yes, you are right. You're a liar. I never accept what you say. And I'm not going to pray it just to make you mad. It's a beautiful tactic. Please know this, yo. It's so beautiful. Because if you're shaitan, why would I listen to you? You never want what's good for me. So yes, you're right. My prayer didn't count, right? Yeah, you're right. But guess what? On top of that, I'm not going to pray it just because you're the one telling me it. This, I hope this helps a lot of us. I hope you understand this method. And by studying this method, there's two things that I just, we just went over. Number one is that the second method Ghazali taught us is that you don't pay attention to what shaitan throws at you. Don't focus on it. What you give attention grows. And I just gave you clear examples like that the thought is like the one you walk past on the street. Never make eye contact. I don't even know who you are. Just keep on going. And similarly, the Prophet said in another example, uh, in, in, in fact, subhanAllah, another hadith, the, Prophet, the Sahaba, they came to the Prophet, they said, Ya Rasulullah, sometimes we get thoughts that we'd rather die than say what we think. Y'all know what it's like. Be real, please. Um, sometimes we get thoughts, we'd rather die than say what we think. The Prophet said, oh really? I'm serious, this is hadith. The Prophet said, oh really, you find that inside of yourself? They said, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Prophet said, oh, that's your faith right there. Huh? Wait, that's our faith. Yeah, you find something inside, you didn't like it. Yeah, you're a believer. Uh, can we go on now? There was no more kalam. He didn't say anything else. He's like, yeah, yeah, that's a sign of a believer. You're good. Wait, what about the thought? Yeah, who cares about the thought? The fact that you don't like the thought is a sign of a believer, and they come and go. So what's the big deal? It's beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So... Um, just to recap, what, what was Imam Ghazali rahimahullah ta'ala saying? He said, number one thing you have to do, tactics. What is the game plan? What are we going to do to fight this war? Number one, we're going to study. We're going to learn. We're going to learn every single trick that he does so that when we see it happening, we're like, I'm woke. I know what you do. I already know what you do. I'm already here. Number two, whatever you hear coming, and we're going to learn how to distinguish between. Because some of y'all like, yeah, Shaykh, but the thought come, how do I know if it's shaitan? It could be me. It could be something. We're going to talk about that. I got you. Don't worry, inshallah ta'ala. Um, but whenever a satanic thought does come to you, don't make a big deal out of it. That's what he wants you to do. Keep on moving. Ignore it. And number three, so important. The Prophet Wasallam, he said, you got to know this, please. It's like I'm... Sometimes it's, like, um, sometimes it's like these things are literally the weapons we use, but we listen to it in a halakha and we're just kind of like, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, yeah, that was nice. It's like, no, you got to use this one. The next one, the third tactic, number three, of Allah. You got to stay in the remembrance of Allah with your tongue and your heart. Now, don't get me wrong. There's many halakhas where I explained to just do dhikr with your tongue or in the car driving. That's great. There's reward for that. But I'm talking about a practical strategy that we're using. And this one takes presence of heart. That your heart stays constantly in the remembrance. The Prophet said in a very sound hadith, right? The Prophet said, he said, there is a shaitan right next to the heart. Whenever the heart is heedless from God, he starts to inject his poison. But the moment you remember God, the moment you like come back to that awareness, he can't be. There's light there. Darkness and light can't occupy the same place. So he's like, oh, I got to leave. I'll be back, though. There'll be some time when he's sleeping, when she's sleeping. So the moment you start remembering God. Now listen to this hadith. The Prophet said, he said, Man qala la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika 
Ten times in the morning, that whole day, shaitan is protected. You are protected from shaitan. So I, I just wanted to share that gem with you, that, that, that saying of the prophet. It's like it's putting on sunscreen in Dallas. You know what I mean? You don't even walk out the house without it. You will literally get in the car and go back <laughs> if you go out the house with sunscreen because it's that intense. This is something you need every morning. What is it? La ilaha illallah. If you need someone to put it in a voice note for you, just holla at your sister or your brother and say, hey, we'll record that for me so that you have it, inshallah. Ten times, protection from shaitan. So, um, so now, so, so those are the three steps. What are we doing? We're studying. That's what we're doing right now. Number two, we're, not, we're ignoring whatever comes and we're not making a big deal out of it. It's not a big deal. And number three, we're trying to stay in the remembrance of Allah as much as possible. Is it just moving the tongue? Uh-uh. We're trying to have our hearts present in those moments of remembrance. Cool? Okay. So now, when we talk about, um, when we talk about the waswas, Imam Ghazali said there's two methods shaitan uses. And he uses a metaphor, but it's a great one. He says there's arrows, right? There's arrows, and then there's uh, like nets, Right? Nets. It's a metaphor, but it's a good one. He's like, the arrows are the thoughts that he just throws at you real quick. Like, you're sleeping right now. Let me just throw something at you. Maybe it'll hit you. Maybe it won't. But the other is like the nets, the plans, the, 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 what we went over. You know, we went over last week, the seven steps. That's not a thought. Those are like, that's a game plan. So he says, now let's focus on just the aspect of waswas, just the aspect of thoughts. So, a major part of this war with shaitan is the war of the mind and attention. The war of the mind and attention. There's a hadith where the Prophet ﷺ, he says, Adam. At the heart of every son of Adam and daughter of Adam, there is an angel that calls you to good. An angel that calls you to good. This angel even has a name. Say salam to him or her. Or they don't have a gender, but you get my point. Al-Mulhim. Mulhim is the name of this angel. Walidawatihi ilham. And the suggestion that comes from this angel is called ilham. It's just like that good. All of a sudden, you're chilling and you're just, you know, nothing special, but all of a sudden, you just kind of like, why don't I read some Quran? Right? Nowhere, out of nowhere. That's the angel looking out for you. That's the angel right there, like, I got you. That's my job. I got you. Then the hadith says, but also with every child of Adam, me and you, every single one of us, there is a shaitan calling us to evil. Calling us to evil. Um, and this shaitan, the name of the shaitan is waswas, and the thing he calls or throws is waswasa. Y'all already know that term. It's a term that many Muslims already know. Now, this may seem straightforward to everyone. Yeah, shaykh, I get it. The angel next to me. Is telling me good things, you know what I mean? And the shaitan is sitting there whispering the negative stuff, right? Um, it's straightforward, right? Not quite. Here's where we got to understand a deeper level of the tricks. Sometimes the goods that we can do, sometimes there's multiple goods on the table. And so when you have, when shaitan realizes that you're about to choose one of two good things, I can't get you to not do good. What can I get you to do? Exactly, the lesser good. So here we go. Sometimes the thing that the mulhim suggests is actually a good deed. This is where it gets really tricky. Sometimes, okay, I'll give you an example. You up in your room, reading Quran, right? I don't know, mashallah, right? You up in your room, reading Quran. And your, 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 your mom's downstairs, she's like, Sara, Mikael. And you're like, I'm reading Quran. I'm in my holy mo mo mode right now. This is, uh, this is me and God. This is me and Allah. Shaitan's like, how dare you stop talking to Allah to talk to a creation of God? <laughs> you see the logic there, right? 
Shaitan's logic be like crazy. How dare you stop talking to the creator to talk to the creation? She'll get the point when you don't respond. <laughs> Shaitan is sitting there like, got him. Got him. Because the prophet said, salam, if you're praying and your mom calls you, not a hard prayer, nuffle prayer, then you should be like, salam alaikum, salam alaikum. Yeah, mom, what do you need? I'm here for you. I'm here for you. What do you need? I can make that pr nuffle prayer up, that extra prayer. Do you get what I'm trying to show you here? Like when we're in the good actions, when we're in the good actions, that's where it's not as black and white as shaitan tells you to do bad things and the angel tells you to good, do good things. Uh-uh. When you're in the middle of doing two good things, then shaitan will often use a good thing. I'll give you another one. You know how many people come up to me and say, I want to memorize Quran, but guess what? I heard the, the sin for forgetting it is so much, so I'm not going to memorize it. I'm like, shaitan is loving you right now. <laughs> shaitan is using a hadith of, a, of the prophet to get you to stop, to not memorize Quran. You're like, I'm going to memorize Quran. Shaitan's like, yo, read that hadith right there. <laughs> what does that hadith say? Oh, the one who forgets the Quran, the reward on the day of judgment is their head will be this and that, and the angels will do this and this. Do you really want to memorize Quran? No, 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 I'm going to be pious. I ain't going to memorize Quran. Uh, move. Oh, oh, can y'all, I'm sorry, but can we move just a little bit more? Inshallah, there's a lot of brothers in the hallway over there. Maybe some of them want to come in. Jazakallah khair. Um, I hope everyone understands this because, again, I want us to realize it's not always evil and good. Often what we're dealing with, often what we're dealing with is being able to recognize what is the best good deed, what is the best thing that I should be engaged in at that time. The other thing, let me wait till they sit down just because this is deep right here. I don't want nobody to miss this. All right, so listen. So, so sometimes shaitan recommends good. Why? Because it will make you miss a, a, a better good, so to speak, correct? Now there's another way to look at this as well. Sometimes shaitan will encourage you to do another good deed because it will lead to a worse evil. A worse evil. Now, this is dangerous because you have to realize whatever good is there, I'm going to do. But that doesn't mean you can't be awake or aware of the next tactic that comes after it. So here's the example. Sometimes you'll get inspiration to do something really good. I don't know, wake up for tahajjud or something, right? But now, when you pray tahajjud this day, you start walking around the halakha thinking you're all that. Now, guess what? The arrogance is far worse than the reward you got for praying tahajjud. Shaitan's like, got her, got him. How did he get you? Through a good deed. Now, the reason I said this is scary because many of y'all right now, they're like, wait, should I not do any good deed? No. You do the good deed right away. You go after that tahajjud, but you just... You're still aware that it ain't over. The war's not over. I know what you're going to try to do to me through this action. And so you're aware that sometimes, and that's why Ibn Al-Asqandiri, you know what he says? Now, this is deep. Please don't take this out of context. He says, how many good deeds will bring you to the wrath of God? And how many sins will bring you to the doors of God's mercy? Because when you commit the sin... Be real. How bad do you feel after the sin? You feel horrible. You're like, Ya Allah. Ya Allah. You feel humbled. That feeling right there, that, that feeling of being broken before God, Allah loves that. That sin created it. Now, does that mean I just said to everyone, did I just endorse sin? No. I'm trying to get you to see that we don't stop with just the action. We look beyond the action. We realize the consequences that can come after the action. And what can be built based on a good deed, when you do a good deed, realize it's not over yet. And when you do a bad deed, realize it's not over yet. It's not over yet. Okay, so the reason I went into that is I wanted us to realize that these angels, the angel that is calling to good, 
the, 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 the shaitan that is in, in, inspiring or calling to evil, the, this is not as clear and black and white. You actually have to study and learn the priorities of goods in order to not get played and to not get tricked. And I just gave you clear examples of the logic that shaitan would use. How are you going to stop talking to the creator to talk to the creation? But we know this faulty logic is not correct. So that's the objective here. Now, since waswas circles around thoughts, since waswas circles around thoughts, I want to explain to you how scholars have, have categorized good thoughts versus bad thoughts. I'm going to tell you right now before I start this, this has been one of the most beneficial lessons that I've ever studied because of the practical implications. I'm like one of those guys that's, y'all know, like some of y'all, you know you just be in your thoughts a lot? No? Okay, thank you. Someone being real with me, right? So I'm like one of those people, like my wife's kind of like, hello. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, what's up? Right? She's like, you did it again. I'm like, okay, my bad. So this really helped me because it helped me figure out where my thinking should be as a believer. Now, why am I teaching this? Why are we talking about this? Because when you're able to learn this, when you're able to understand this, then you have the capacity to realize the satanic thoughts as well. So here we go. Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi, he says, please take note of this, that all thoughts can be broken down, all beneficial thoughts can be broken down into four different thoughts. Super easy, super practical. Number one, thoughts about bringing some worldly benefit. I'm gonna say it again. Thoughts about bringing you some dunya, some worldly benefit. Better job, my family, how can I get closer to my family, how can I help out? Just something about the dunya, but benefit. Something good, you wanna bring benefit. This is a good thought. Like if you're sitting there plotting, how can I get a raise? How can I get a promotion? How can I, how can I, how can I? Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi saying that's a great job. You should be thinking about that, right? You shouldn't be sitting there all day thinking about Call of Duty or something. No, you should be thinking about your dunya. You should be thinking about how to level up. One time, listen to this, just to put this in context. There's a narration, an author that says one time Umar ibn Khattab walked past the masjid in the middle of the day, like, like 11 a.m., and he saw a young man just sitting in the masjid. And he's like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm just sitting here. And Omar, I, I, obviously this part, we would be like, oh my God, we shouldn't do that. But Omar, he's like, he takes his stick and he's like, get out of here. Go do something for your dunya or like do something for your dunya right now. You're just sitting here doing nothing. And, and I think a lot of young men have to realize the importance of stepping up to the plate and getting stuff done. You can't be scrolling all day, man. You got you to gotta step up. You got to live life. Like, kullukum ra'in wa kullukum mas'ul ar-ra'iyya. You're going to be a grown man and your kid's going to be like, hey, dad, what'd you do when you were 16? You're like, I ain't do nothing, man. I just play video games all day. Nah, step up to the plate. So this is a, this is a positive thing. Number two, thoughts about pushing away some harmful thing from your dunya. Thought, I'm going to say this again. You're thinking about how to stop some harmful thing. About akhirah, no, dunya, your worldly life. How can I, I mean, think of anything, any harmful thing. How can I protect myself from whatever things that may come? That's a good thing. Number three, thoughts about bringing, now we get into the akhirah. We all believe in the hereafter. We all believe in that journey we all have to take. So the other types of thoughts are thoughts about how can I better my akhirah? What can I do? What sadaqah jariyah can I give? What lecture can I go to? What, what thing can I listen to right now as I drive home? You're thinking about your akhirah and how to bring good to you. That's number three. And I'm sure you can figure out number four. Number four? The harm of akhirah. So now you're like, how can I protect myself from harm in the akhirah? Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi rahimahullah ta'ala, he says, these are the four areas that all your thoughts should be in. And I love it because it's so inclusive. Some of you are like, oh, I'm thinking about my mom and how to help her. I was like, bam, that's number one. Oh, I'm thinking about my job and how not to lose it. I'm like, well, that's number two, right? These are all positive things and places where you should be. But listen to what he says next. And this is where our thinking and our thoughts get really honed in and productive. He says, however, these are the four areas, but the highest. Does it mean you have to be there all the time? 
See, whenever we start talking about the highest, immediately everyone's like, oh, I can't do that all the time. I was like, well, who told you you had to be there all the time? But you should be there sometime. So the highest, listen to this. There's five type of thoughts regarding Allah that are the highest. You ready? Number one, thinking about the revealed signs of God. What does that mean in other language? Thinking about the verses of Quran. Like you, you hear a verse and you're like thinking about it. Like you read a verse. You know, here's something I can give you a practical way to do this. Tonight, you read a verse. One verse, yo, two, three verses. Read the translation of it. And just throughout the day, the next morning, have that on a little card and just reflect on it. Like just take, Just take that verse, which of the favors of your Lord you're going to deny. And every now and then throughout the day, put it on your screensaver. And you just like, man, which are the signs of my... That's the highest thoughts. You're thinking about, and in fact, guess what? Ibn Qayyim and Josie, he goes, the Quran wasn't revealed just to be recited. It was revealed to be reflected and thought about. That's the purpose of it. Number two, reflecting on the witnessed signs of God. What does that mean? What's that mean? Creation. Creation. I have a friend, man. This dude loves traveling, and he loves vlogging it, man. But every time he goes somewhere, when, he's, when he goes like this, he says, uh, what's the verse? Ma khalaqta hadha batila, subhanak. He shows it like the screenshot of the whole mountain joint, and he's like, subhanak, you have not created this in vain. I ain't trying to promote Instagram travel vlogging. <laughs> but if you happen to be traveling, use that to connect to Allah. Right? Sometimes when we go running and stuff like that, you're just running somewhere and you're like, subhanAllah. I always say this. I always hate on Dallas, but I will say, for real, I will say Dallas has some of the most beautiful sunsets, yo. The sign, the, the colors, is beautiful. That's all we got, but it's cool. <laughs> it's cool we got a Muslim community. What community has this, subhanAllah? That's the great blessing, yo. Allahu <laughs> Akbar. So, but what I'm trying to say, everyone, is the second type of thought is when you just go for a walk and you're a daydreamer. You like to just look at trees and you're like, subhanAllah, subhanAllah, look at the clouds, look at the, look at the moon. And I said this before and I'm going to repeat it. We need to be like children again when it comes to these things, yo. I love having young children because they still remind me to look at these things. When we get, when's, I'm going to be real. When's the last time, amen, when's the last time you looked at a cloud, yo? You really looked at a cloud? <laughs> Dang, yo. Mashallah, yo. Oh, he said cap. <laughs> no, what I'm trying to communicate is children are still in awe about this. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. Children are still in awe about the creation of God. We got used to it, y'all. But it's still amazing. It's still amazing. So, so the second place your thoughts should be is you're looking at the creation and you're just like, subhanAllah, how can I not believe in you, ya Allah? Look at this. How did this just come out of nowhere? Feel me? That's number two. Number three, this is where you, where you should be thinking. Thinking about the blessings of Allah in your life. Number three. Number three. I'm tired of looking at the stars. I'm tired of looking at the clouds. What do I think about now? Number three, what blessings do you have? Just on, you're driving in the car, and you just start naming, numbering blessings. Now, here's what's deep. What did Shaytan say when he was kicked out of heaven and he was talking about us? He says, I'm going to come from the right, from the front, from the back, from the right, from the left, and you won't find the majority of them grateful. His biggest um, what's the word? His biggest uh, objective was, I'm going to show you, you can give them everything in the world and they won't be grateful to you. So his ultimate objective is to show that we aren't grateful. Number three, spend time just thinking about God's blessings. Here's the deal. When you do that, your, your whole personality changes, man. The people around you are like, you're so pleasant to be around. You're so, like, I'd like being around you. Why? Because you're someone that just, all you, you, everything's a blessing. Everything's a blessing. So you just become a pleasant person to share a space with. 
on the contrary, is a person that nothing's good enough. We all know we don't really like hanging around that person because it's never enough. It's never enough. And so that's the idea. The idea is to create gratitude. That, now here's one more thing. That creates love of God. And I just gave you like a whole halakha series in that whole joint. But looking at the blessings creates gratitude and creati gratitude creates love. So if you have struggled loving God, like you're like, I don't know if I really love God. I need you to just literally go home and start writing down blessings. Start writing, just, just start. Like start with your, your finger, like I have a thumb. I'm serious, I'm not even being funny at all. Like I have a thumb to hold this pen. And you're like, wait, I have a pen. Oh my God, I got lights. And once you start, you just, it won't, you won't stop. And before you know it, you're just like, alhamdulillah, yo. Alhamdulillah. And then you become a pleasant person to be around. And shaitan is like, ah, oh, that's exactly what I was trying to stop. So, number one, your thoughts about the signs of God, but the revealed signs of God. Number two, you're thinking about the signs of God in the creation. Number three, I'm thinking about God's blessings on me. Number four, okay, I'm thinking about my faults in a motivating way to become better. I'm going to say, I wanna, I, why am I pausing so much? If you focus so much on your faults that you become demotivated, Shaitan's like, got you. But when you focus on your faults enough to motivate you to do something about it, sweet spot. Does everyone, it's so nuanced. That's why I'm changing my cadence. Every, I want you to get it. This is a very nuanced issue. Think about your faults. Like, can you get up for fudger? Do you go to the masjid? Do you do dhikr? Do you have an anger problem? Do you have jealousy for your cousin that you shouldn't have jealousy for? Right? You have to be real with yourself and you have to figure out those faults. But you do it in a way that motivates you to change. Not in a way where shaitan's like, yeah, you're horrible. There's no point. Does everyone get what I'm saying? Huh? Self-growth. Yeah, self-growth, exactly. But stop telling, two problems. Stop telling yourself you're amazing. Stop telling yourself you're amazing. You have faults, and they need to be fixed, and that's okay. And Allah wants you to admit them and start working on them. So, so stop telling yourself you're amazing. And that's the, that's the big thing now, self-love, like, right? <laughs> Isn't it? Like, you're truth, you're this, you're that. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No, seriously. We're not. That's not us. We are like, I'm good as long as I'm doing what God wants me to, and if I'm not, I'm working to get there. But I'm not going to fixate so much that I become um, negative and not motivated. I hope that helps us. I hope that helps us. Okay. So focusing on your uyub and nafs is what they say. The faults of yourself. Now guess what? Can I tell you a, a, like, a, a, like a second benefit of focusing on your own faults? You stop seeing other people's faults. And again, it makes you a beautiful person to be around. It makes you a beautiful person to be around. Other people who always see your faults, you'll notice they never see their own. And it's kind of annoying to be with them. But the people who are like, I can become better, you're like, oh my God, you're so good. Like I have a friend, a good friend, man. Whenever I'm around this dude, he's amazing, man. But he's always like, yeah, I'm not doing too, I could be better, yo. And it's not like he's completely down where it's like, you know, he's still working hard. And when he says I could be better, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> you know? So I, I, we, we want to be those people who are always noticing where we could become better and, and stop that, that level of self-love, that rhetoric that we're being told that just love who you are the way you are. No, I want to become better. 
Because I believe in Allah, I believe in Muhammad Sallallahu I believe in a, in a book that was revealed that gave me a standard outside of myself. I am not the standard. I will bend and mold and whatever till I meet that standard that Muhammad gave me, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Oh, but you're not perfect. I know, I'm working on it, Alhamdulillah. Okay, so that was number four, right? Number four. Giving you a lot of things to think about, right? God, that was a good kind of like, no, okay. Because you got to think about these things. Okay. Number five and final one is one of the best ones. Number five. Nothing else. None of the signs of God. None of the signs in the creation. Not your faults. Not your blessings. Number five. Ibn Qayyim and Josie, he says, Wajibul waqt. Focus on the need of the moment. I know this is kind of strange, but it will help a lot of us. Let me give an example. Be real, yo. Don't raise your hand, please, but think it in your head. Who is right now thinking about like, where they're, like, what we're doing after? Where they're going? Where, what they're about to do next? Don't, don't respond, please. <laughs> what he's teaching you is learn to focus your thoughts in the moment you're in. Learn to focus your thoughts in the moment that you're in, right at this moment. This will give you the most benefit. And, and he, he says, wajibul waqt. Like whatever I'm doing right now. If I'm at home, I'm doing a puzzle with Qasim. Like, and I'm like, where should my thoughts be right now? <laughs> with my son doing a puzzle. If I'm having a conversation with my mom, she FaceTime in the middle of the most awkward time in the day, whatever, right? But, right? I'm going to stop everything and just be with her. Where should my thoughts be right now? With her. So Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi, he goes, the fifth place you could put your thoughts is in the moment you're in right there and nowhere else. He says, if you do this, every other thought is from shaitan. Now, I know I gave you a lot, but it helps so much. He says, every other thought what did we say? We said four, the benefit of this world, benefit, pushing away harm in this world, benefit of the akhirah, pushing away harm in the akhirah. Then we talked about thinking about the signs of God, thinking about the signs in the creation, thinking about my blessings, thinking about my own faults. And then last but not least, just thinking about what I'm doing right now. He says, any other thought, waswas. That's it, waswas, it's done. Categorize it as waswas. And it's so beautiful, such beautiful advice. Because all of us, guys, we struggle with thinking. Where should I be thinking right now? Ibn Qayyim and Josie gave it to you right there. What time is it? Oh, mashallah. Um, did we start on time? Started on time, right? How long is the Instagram? 51. Okay. I have more, guys, but I guess. No. <laughs> okay, can I share one more? One more? Okay. Okay, here we go. The thought comes. And I said everything else is from shaitan, right? But we're going deep. How do we assess a, a, a good thought versus a bad one? This is a very practical method. So I'm giving you different methods. You can employ any of them you want, right? How do you assess a good one from a bad one? Three steps. Three steps. Present. Now, this, is, this takes a little bit of knowledge, but... Number one, take the, 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 the thought and put it in front of the sharia. I know it's a hard one, but hear me out. Take the thought, you're sitting there thinking about something, and you just want to do a like, case study on thoughts, right? You're like, is this a good thought or not? Take that thought and put it in front of sharia. What does the sharia say about it? For many of us, right there, we're done. We're like, yeah, that was a bad thought. No, seriously. But sometimes it's more, it's harder. It's like, I don't know. This one YouTube guy said this. This one YouTube guy said that, right? No, one scholar said, I don't really know what the Sharia says. Next thing. What do you see? Put that thought before a righteous example. Or let me say it this way. Habibi. Brothers and sisters, you're not the first Muslim. 
There are millions of Muslims who live before you. So take your thought and line it up with the actions of righteous people before you. Would you see them doing this thing, thinking about this thing or not? Does that help? Did you get what I'm saying through that one? Like look at previous people and say, here's, here's this, this righteous person. I don't know your grandmother, man. Mashallah, she's so pious. And you take that thought and you're like, would, would Nani Amitya think this? You know what I mean? Would my grandma think this? You're like, oh, no, nah, she would never be thinking that. Put it away. Put it away. You know what I mean? SubhanAllah. Last thing. This is when all else fails. See how your nafs feels about the thought. If it likes it, it's a bad thought. Let me go deep now. What is the nafs? The nafs is our inner child. It wants immediate gratification. It loves to be praised. It loves to feel good. It loves all that stuff that children love. Little, little children, right? We've seen them before. That's called the nafs. It wants to be pleased right now. It knows nothing about patience. It knows nothing about delayed gratification. It's all about now, 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 me, 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 me. That's the nafs, okay? And the Quran says that there are three levels of nafs. I won't go into that right now. But for the 99.9% .9 of us, if you take that thought and your nafs goes, yeah, let's do it, then he goes, <laughs> it's a bad thought. If your nafs goes, oh, I don't really want to, you go, yeah, that's good. That's good. Does it, does it, do you get what I mean by this one? So, so let me give a practical example. Um, runners, athletes, many of them, in the early stages, you don't enjoy it. Like low key, the people that run, they're not really, they're pretending to like it, yo. <laughs> I'm gonna be real. I, I was in the run club, yo, I know. Everyone's like, yeah, let's go run 10 miles. I'm like, yeah, let's go. You know, so low key, you like what it does for you, but before, you really, your nuff's like, why are we doing this? Your nuff's is like, why? Like, that's what my wife was, she'd be like, why? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, leave me alone. <laughs> no, do you understand? The nuff's doesn't like that. Now, of course, we all understand I have to push through that because I want the benefit of that exercise. But the first feeling of the nuff's tells you that it's good for you. The very first feeling of the nafs tells you it's good for you. Right now, you're, you're on your way home. Should I call my mom? Uh, yeah, call right there. Call. Call right there. Hey, mom, how you doing? Just thinking about you. Just thinking about Whatever. I'm just trying to throw things at you so you can think. Number one, put it in front of the sharia. If the sharia is like, nah, horrible thought. What is wrong with you? Throw it away. And what do we mean throw it away? Just ignore it. Keep moving. That's what we learned earlier, right? Number two, put it in front of righteous people. Like put a righteous person there in that thought and you're like, oh my God, they don't mix. Drop the thought. Last but not least, see if your nafs likes it. Now, I'm gonna go a little deep here. How much time do we have? Because it will cut off that thing. 57? Okay, we'll wrap it up. Listen, here's the thing. I'll just say one more thing. There's nafsul amara, nafsul mutma'inna, nafsul lawama. The, the higher nafs, actually begins to enjoy good stuff. Like you start to enjoy fasting. You start to enjoy waking up at 4 a.m. to pray. But that comes after some time. For the vast majority of us, if we just present the thought to our nafs and our nafs likes it, that's a sign that it's not the best thing for you. Again, again you, you want someone to help you and work with you through that, but these are general, very, very, very general guidelines for judging which thoughts are good or not. So what did we cover today? We talked about this war with shaitan. And we said that one of the major weapons of shaitan is the arrows that he throws, the waswas that comes. We learned how are we going to fight this war. We're going to study his tactics. We're going to ignore what he says. And then number three, we're going to stay in the remembrance of Allah. Then we went in detail about the importance of learning to just walk past a thought and not give it attention. Then after that, we went through all of the positive thinking, the good thoughts that we should have, so we know where to put our minds at when we're just doing nothing, right? And then we realized that all other thoughts are from shaitan, and those are things I'm going to ignore, inshallah.
So that's it for today, inshallah ta'ala. Um, so I have some really good news for me, okay? <laughs> By the grace and mercy of God, I plan on going for Umrah. It's been a long time, um, me and my wife were going. Um, and uh, so there won't be halakha for the next two Wednesdays. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, huh? I pray for you for sure, Habibi. So listen, next week, no halakha. The week after that, no halakha. But right after that, we're back where we were, sitting here learning about shaitan and how to fight ourselves, how to fight him uh, and protect ourselves from shaitan, inshallah ta'ala. Well, we are fighting ourselves too. Uh, so may Allah accept. Let's make a quick dua. Allahumma lak alhamdu kullu wa lak ashukru kullu wa ilayki yajul amru kullu alani wa sirra. Ya Allah, we ask you to give us the ability to remember what we learn here today. Ya Allah, give us the ability to act on whatever we have learned today. Ya Allah, we, we turn to you and ask you to protect us from shaitan, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we ask you to give us uh, hearts that always see your blessings. Ya Allah, we ask you to give us the ability to seek refuge in you when these negative thoughts come to us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we ask you to bless our families with iman and faith. We ask you to forgive our sins, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, and make our tomorrow always better than the previous day, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we ask you to accept from us whatever good we have done. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun wa salamun alal mursaleen walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.